If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. Star Wars 7x7, episode 814. Today, it's our first Rebels briefing for season 3, going in real time, as it were. We are looking at Steps into Shadow, which is episodes 1 and 2 of the new season. Punch it, Chewie. No traps, no moisture, no committees. Just rebel-rousing fun for everyday Jedis. It's the Star Wars 7x7 podcast, with your host, Alan Voivod. Destiny Unleashed. Hey Rebel Rouser, welcome to Star Wars 7x7. I'm your host, Alan Voivod, and this comprises the entirety of the footage that was seen at Star Wars Celebration Europe. Steps into Shadow is episodes 1 and 2 of season 3 of Star Wars Rebels. So now we're all on the same footing here. And just so you know, this is a full spoiler podcast, so if you have not watched the episode yet and plan to and care about being spoiled, then please save this for another time when you can listen to it after you've watched the episode. If you don't care about being spoiled or you have no intention of watching it, but you just want to know what is going on in the world of Star Wars and how it might even relate to stuff that you already know about the Star Wars universe, then you are in the right place at the right time. So let's do it. So it turns out that a lot of what we've seen in the Season 3 trailer of Rebels is stuff that we see in Episodes 1 and 2. The prison breakout of Hondo, the stealing of the Y-Wings from Reclam Station, the meeting of the Bendu by Kanan Jarrus, all of that stuff happens in these two episodes. We also get the meeting between Tarkin and Governor Price, and Governor Price requesting the 7th Fleet, and the 7th Fleet is apparently under the command of Grand Admiral Thrawn, who very quickly cottons to what the Rebels are up to with Reclam Station. And in a very telling move, and I mean telling from your perspective and mine, and not necessarily from the character's perspective, Thrawn does not send the entire 7th Fleet to Reclam Station to stop the Rebels from what's going on. In fact, he sends basically a pittance of a force to go deal with it. And he, I guess, wisely surmises that rebel ships are going to come to their aid, but only a couple of them do. And when Thrawn calls in remotely to find out how many rebel ships showed up and finds out that it isn't many at all, he tells the Imperials there to break off their attack and let the rebels escape with their quote-unquote meager gains which turn out to be all of five Y-Wing starfighters. Apparently, the place had originally had a ton of them, but it being an Imperial scrapyard, they were actually a lot more active than anybody thought, and there had only been 14 Y-Wings, they estimated, by the time they actually got there to scout the thing. And, to make matters worse, they lose the Phantom in the process. That's the little ship that docks into the Ghost, their little scout ship, basically. That gets lost in the fracas, unfortunately. And they don't even get to keep the Y-Wings. The Y-Wings are being transferred to General Dodonna's unit. Yes, General Dodonna from the original Star Wars. So we're starting to get a sense of a wider rebellion here. And on the subplot side of things, we get Kanan dealing with his blindness and Ezra falling deeper under the influence of the Sith holocron. 
It's been some months since the events of the Season 2 finale of Rebels, in-universe, that is. I mean, for us, too, of course, but in-universe. And they've been going on a number of missions, and Ezra has been stepping up in leading the missions. Zeb refers to him being on a roll, the implication being that they've gone on a number of missions that he's planned very well. And his stepping up comes as Kanan is stepping back. And in the Rebels Recon video, which is the video that they do after every episode where Andy Gutierrez goes and talks to a number of people involved with the making of Rebels about the particular episode, one of the folks in there says that Kanan has separated himself from the Force. And that is what's really going on with him, that he is just checked out of not just the Rebel team, but of everything. And it's in this darkest hour that the Bendu is able to reach out to him. And so he goes to see the Bendu, and now we get the Convor again, and we talked about the Convor a lot in the Ahsoka Tano Theory episode. The Convor being the owl, the messenger, the observer, the guide, and supposedly supposed to have some sort of coloring that relates to Ahsoka Tano. Uh, I cannot see it for the life of me, but maybe you can, and if you do, then please share your comments in the blog post for this show's episode at SW7X7.com. I can't tell personally, but if you think that it's colors associated with Ahsoka Tano on this convoy, then say the word. And the convoy does hoot when he sees Kanan, which is supposed to be a bad omen if we're looking at Roman mythology for these things. That's supposed to be a sign that somebody's about to die, possibly the person who's hearing the owl hooting. And again, convoys are related to owls, at least as far as we are talking about things mythologically speaking and how Dave Filoni is thinking about the convoy as well. But we can't quite tell whether the convoy is leading Kanan to the Bendu or whether Kanan is just going toward the Bendu and the convoy is following. Hard to say, but the convoy lands on one of Bendu's shoulder plates, head plates, something like that. And this is where things get interesting. So the Bendu apparently has no particular agenda, light side or dark or whatever, just a neutral path of the Force. And he does something for Kanan that initially seems really bad, but turns out to be really good. He goes to see the Bendu by carrying one of those sensor beacons with him that, if you remember from the Mystery of Chopper base, the sensor beacons actually keep those giant spiders on that planet away, and so he uses one of those sensor beacons as he walks to keep the spiders off of him. But Bendu breaks that sensor beacon, which of course freaks Kanan out, and Kanan is able to use the Force and reconnect with the Force under Bendu's instruction to be able to deal with the spiders and to be able to walk among them without fear and without being harmed. And that winds up being very significant because it allows him to get back into the fight and to be more confident with his ability and opportunity to assist the Ghost crew and all of his friends, even though he is blind, he can see in other ways. And this is something that I talked about in the predictions episode yesterday, that ultimately this is just going to end up deepening his connection to the Force, and it's going to be very much like what happened with Luke putting on the helmet with the blast shield on it in the original Star Wars. He's going to be able to see things that otherwise he wouldn't have been able to see and be able to react to things in ways, in quicker ways, in faster ways, more intuitive ways, more complete and useful ways than he might have been able to even if he had sight. It's the old, your eyes can deceive you, don't trust them thing. And yeah, he is now going to be less prone to deception than ever before. And speaking of deception, we have the Sith Holocron, which amazingly, Kanan leaves with the Bendu. He says, consider it a gift. I yeah, don't know about that. 
I mean, do you really want to give the equivalent of a nuclear bomb to a stranger? I mean, that doesn't seem like the wisest thing to do, even if he did do something that initially scared you but ended up helping you. Like, I, yeah, I don't know that I would have left him with a Sith holocron personally, but this is what Kanan ultimately did, I guess, to get it away from Ezra because Ezra had been opening the thing, which we find out is the reason why he's been doing as well as he has in the missions that they've been going on in Kanan's absence. So that is, in fact, very bad news. And he says that he's doing it because he's doing good things with it and wants to be good at the missions and do better and help his friends and he doesn't want any of his friends to get hurt again. And We've got a bit of foreshadowing here because the Bendu in looking at the Sith Holocron talks about how it could be not just the Holocron really because the Holocron will not change him and the object will not change him but the desire to be more powerful or to be tempted or to even want to do good in some cases is enough to make a person change, not the object itself. And that's exactly where Ezra is sitting. He's right in that wheelhouse of wanting to do good and unfortunately letting himself do bad things in order to do the right thing. So all in all, a slam-bang start to Season 3 of Star Wars Rebels, and it leaves us with a couple of unanswered questions, most particularly from the Season 3 trailer we see Maul and Ezra meditating over a Sith and a Jedi holocron and opening them and combining them in some way. But now the Sith holocron has been for all intents and purposes, taken out of the picture because it's been handed over to the Bendu. So is this a new holocron, a new Sith holocron that Maul has discovered somehow, or is this the same one and it's gotten back for some reason? And secondly, what is Thrawn's big game? So it was actually rather refreshing to see them say, let them go, you know, we're not going to go after these ones just yet. It's exactly the way they should be playing Thrawn. They should be having him be... Uh, shucks, tentative is not the word I'm looking for, but have him laying back and creating a grander strategy, a bigger plan, and letting events like this be the foundation and the building blocks for executing that bigger plan. So they're not just dumping Thrawn all at once onto us, they're actually letting it build, which is very smart. And in case you're interested in a little behind-the-scenes stuff, in Rebels Recon they mentioned that Thrawn had been talked about as part of Star Wars Rebels as early as Season 1, but they initially decided that the universe of Star Wars Rebels was too small at the time to bring in as big a character as Thrawn, and they'd been talking about Season 3 eventually, you know, and saying, what about now, what about now, are we ready for him now, are we ready for him now, and Pablo Hidalgo revealed that ultimately the decision lies in Kiri Hart's hands, Kiri Hart from the Lucasfilm Story Group, and she said, yes, it's a go, it's a green light. And so they got very excited, of course, and now we have Grand Admiral Thrawn joining the proceedings from the Legacy, now in the canon. And that is going to do it for our Rebels briefing on Season 3 Episodes 1 and 2, Steps into Shadow, which are more about Ezra's Steps into Shadow than they are the Steps into Shadow that Ahsoka took at the end of the Season 2 finale. Still no word on what's happening with Ahsoka just yet, but... We think it's coming down the pike sometime this season, so stay tuned. And also, as far as the podcast itself goes, stay tuned for trivia after the break. 
Hey Rebel Rouser, you're listening to this podcast, maybe you'd like to listen to a Star Wars story too. Luckily we've got just the thing for you. We've partnered with Audible to give you a free download and a free 30-day trial of their awesome service. All you gotta do is go to audibletrial.com slash SW7X7 to sign up and get your free download. They've got dozens of Star Wars titles, anything you want to do to explore that galaxy far, far away. One more time for you, audibletrial.com slash SW7X7. All right, I'm back with your trivia question for you. Get ready! Okay, for what? Last time I asked you the name of the giant laser cannon that the First Order set up to try and shoot down Poe and Finn's TIE fighter as it tried to escape from the finalizer. That's a Mega Blaster. Yeah, Mega Blaster. Very generic. <laughs> Sounds like something you'd see in a uh, Holonet infomercial. Anyway, the thing I want to ask you for today's trivia question is from what bay number are Poe and Finn trying to escape Thanks for listening to another episode of Star Wars 7x7. And hey, before you go visit the Clone Factory, check out SW7x7.com for show notes, links, photos, videos, and more. And if you like what you've been hearing, support the podcast at patreon.com SW7x7. It's not just a simple man trying to make his way in the universe, it's destiny unleashed. This podcast is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox. It is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars-related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2016 Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.